This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, everyone, to week one of the NFL season and the very first episode of the Browns Film Breakdown podcast. I'm your host, John Colosimo, with our analyst, Jake Burns. And today we'll be previewing the Browns' first game of the 2018 season against the Pittsburgh Steelers at First Energy Stadium this Sunday. All right, uh, Jake, you want to start by introducing the 2018 Steelers? Yeah, so I think everybody will understand that Pittsburgh is going to look pretty similar to the Pittsburgh teams that we've come to recognize over the past decade under Mike Tomlin. You're still going to have, although everybody is going to draw their attention to the Le'Veon Bell holdout situation, and I think that is obviously uh, causing a little bit of a riff within that um, within that locker room. It's still going to be a pretty similar team. They're going to be, um, you know, led by Ben Roethlisberger. They're going to have playmaking wide receivers. Um, you know, and Antonio Brown, probably the best wide receiver in the league. Juju Smith-Schuster showed out his rookie year. He's going to be. Definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Hopefully the Browns have a pretty solid game plan for how to, how to handle him. Um, you know, they're going to be stout up front on both the offensive and defensive lines. Um, they're, they're going to have some issues. I think they'll probably have a little bit of a slow start in the um, linebacker secondaries on the defensive side of the ball, which we'll dive into. Um, and then, you know, obviously breaking in James Conner, who had a a nice preseason, but anytime you're breaking in a new running back, you could see some issues there too. But, you know, you're still going to see uh, a Pittsburgh team that is accustomed to winning. You know, winning is is certainly, um, you know, the DNA of that franchise. So they expect to win each week out. And they're going to be led by, you know, the guy who's 21-2 and two against Cleveland, Ben Roethlisberger. And, uh, you know, it's going to feel pretty similar to, to pass renditions, um, you know, minus Todd Haley calling plays. Um, it's going to feel pretty similar. Yeah, I don't think that uh, you're wrong on any of those points. And while I think that the 2017 version of this squad was a little bit lucky in terms of the numbers and where you'd expect their win totals to be, finishing 13-3, and three, uh, they are better on paper. And Ben has reported in some of the best shape uh, that he has in years, reportedly. So I think that you're going to get a little bit of them probably getting a little closer to the mean in terms of how lucky they are in terms of how the ball bounces for them. Uh, but they got better on paper in a number of areas. Uh, didn't get worse in too many. Um, and if Ben really is in his best shape uh, of a few years, that's definitely uh, not good news for the AFC North. So I, I think ultimately you're going to end up with a similar team to, to what you've seen in terms of wins. You know, I expect them to be somewhere in that uh, 11 to 
12 range personally. But um, I guess we we'll see and we'll see right out of the gate how that's going to work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, they're breaking in, um, you know, they're going to have names that we recognize. They're obviously going to be playing Joe Hayden, the former Brown. They're going to be playing Artie Burns at corner. They did draft uh, Terrell Edmonds at strong safety, so he'll see some time back there. But you're also going to see other names that you're familiar with. They're obviously without Ryan Shazier, but you're still going to see TJ Watt. You're still going to see, you know, the Bud Dupree's. You're still going to see, um, you know, their big names up front. Cam Hayward, obviously, is there is there. There were some people, John, that will make an argument that Cameron Hayward is every bit as good or as disruptive as uh, Aaron Donald. So, um, you know, still a good team defensively. There are going to be names that you recognize, but they do have areas of weakness, especially interior linebacking, um, I think is going to be something to pay close attention to. Um, you know, so it's, it's it, like you said, Ben, ben Roethlisberger um, is, is going to be chip on his shoulder uh, right off the bat with a new offensive coordinator wanting to prove that, you know, his riff with Haley and, um, you know, all of that and their, their trust in the guy that they, you know, had take over calling plays is going to be able to handle it. They did make an interesting change, John, in, in letting go Landry Jones. Uh, Josh Dobbs jumped into the second uh, second quarterback second quarterback role, and then Mason Rudolph, obviously their drafted third-round quarterback, um, is going to fill out their, their depth chart there. But, yeah, there's – there's going to be a lot of elements of this Pittsburgh team, you know, while we on paper here, we want to sit and act like, you know, the, the, the absence of Le'Veon Bell is going to be extremely important. And, and while it could be, um, there's still a, a plethora of talent, um, you know, that's, that's, that's going to be coming into Cleveland on Sunday. Yeah. You know, I'd say just a quick comment on that. Uh, funny enough, I think as we've gotten closer to this game, uh, the fact that Le'Veon is not coming back, uh, it doesn't appear to be, um, actually turns out to be a little bit of a negative for the Browns game because it, had he come in uh, cold off of the uh, whole offseason uh, without having taken any snaps, uh, I think we would have been a little bit better off than seeing James Connors in most areas. I mean, maybe uh, pass protection, you could make a, um, a argument there that they're just not going to get the same stuff out of uh, Connor to start, but we'll see. Uh, but I think ultimately I almost would have rather have had Le'Veon Bell show up uh, today and been as cold as he could possibly be and gotten a bunch of snaps, but that's just not what we're going to see. No. And I, and I think you and I have talked about this before as well. Um, you know, rather just in candid conversation or, or uh, you know, on a, on a pod introduction pod or whatever, that this won't be a Pittsburgh team that's going to sleep through week one. I think we've come, used to the idea that Pittsburgh feels that they, uh, you know, have an easy win in Cleveland. And I don't think that's going to be the case this year, especially when the Browns have gotten so much preseason love, um, you know, and, and the HBO hard knocks attention. And then, you know, anytime something like this happens in a, in a, in a, in a locker room with Le'Veon Bell and all of a sudden you have analysts picking Cleveland left and right, you have a bunch of guys in that locker room just get ticked off and they say that nobody believes in us. And, um, you know, I just don't think we're going to see – I would be very surprised to see a lackluster Pittsburgh team like we saw in week one, 2017. So I think Cleveland, if they're going to win this game, is going to have to show up and actually play a more sound football game, make more plays uh, to win because I don't think Pittsburgh hands them the game. Uh, do you want to jump right in into some of the things, uh, a couple quick points about what you think that they're going to be doing well right from the start of the season and how that applies to the Browns? Yeah, from Pittsburgh's perspective, uh, I think that they're definitely going to be picking on Brown's corners. I think they're going to try to get the ball 
Um, whether in the slot to Schuster, they're going to move Antonio Brown around a lot. I'm not sure whether Cleveland's going to lock Denzel Ward on to either one of those guys or if Denzel's going to play right corner, left corner, or if he's a boundary field corner. Some, some teams rotate how they do that. So that will be something to pay, you know, pay attention to right away as a key matchup because I think Pittsburgh will try to get the ball out quick. I don't think they think they can run the ball all too well. On Cleveland, I don't think anybody – they didn't last year. I think Le'Veon had like 36, 7 yards last year. So, they, you know, they never really ran the ball too well on Cleveland. So I expect what you're going to see out of Pittsburgh uh, early and often throwing um, to their two key wide receivers. They might even get James Washington involved, the, the, the youngster out of uh, Oklahoma State. They did, uh, they did quite a bit with him in the preseason. Um, I know they traded for Ryan Switzer as well. So um, <clears throat> I expect them to throw it a lot. I expect them to come out and sling it. Um, you know, they obviously still have Jesse James at tight end, who's a reliable uh, middle-of-the-field player, so I expect them to attack the middle of the field, attack quick throws um, on the perimeter, and I do expect them to go to the screen game, um, just like they, they hurt the Browns in Week 17 in the screen game, um, you know, as the year wore on, a lot of teams did. So that's my expectation. I don't think you're going to see a ton of under center, um, you know, Ben turning around, handing it off on inside zone, outside zone type stuff. You're, you're not going to see a ton of it. I think they're going to – you're probably going to see Roethlisberger throwing 30 times, um, and the Browns' new uh, defensive backfield is going to be tested right away. Yeah, I agree. And I'll tell you uh, that I definitely expect them to be passing uh, quite a bit, and it's those secondary receivers, the the tight ends, uh, the James Washingtons, and Connor in the screen game. Uh, those are where I expect uh, – Pittsburgh to find most of the weak points and not that Antonio Brown isn't going to get his, but I think that, you know, as you go further down the line, that's their strength. Uh, You know, of course, Antonio Brown is going to attract as much attention as he normally does and he'll probably get his anyway. Uh, But it's those secondary ones where I worry about uh, Greg Williams lining up in the base defense, uh, blitzing guys, blitzing Ben Roethlisberger and not getting there uh, when, you know, we may as well, do just as well with, you know, four, maybe five uh, rushers. Greg's going to try and to send six um, or worse and leave some guys uncovered and make it easy for a guy like Ben. So that's kind of where uh, my worries lie about what Pittsburgh does well, uh, the strengths that they have in the receiver game, uh, you know, in their receiver group, including the tight ends and running backs. So um, I, I agree with you mostly, and that's where I expect most of the pain to come from, so to speak. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think when you're talking about Brown's defense against Pittsburgh offense, you're going to want to pay attention to uh, how, you know, Alejandro Villanueva matches up. He made that comment earlier in the week about, I'm not worried about Le'Veon Bell because I got to worry about 95. So it's going to be, you know, I think uh, Miles Garrett handled him really well in week 17 last year. So that's going to be an area to pay attention to. Um, Interior wise, the Ramon Foster, David DeCastro, how they handle Larry Ogunjobi. you know, it looks like they're starting Marcus Gilbert at right tackle. So, you know, that's that's something you'd like to see the Browns get some sort of pressure out of the right tackle position, um, you know, b- between – I'm not sure what the rotations are going to – there's so many new names, John, that I'm not sure who's going to be in the second group anymore. I used to have a clear idea. I don't know now. But I would imagine you're going to see um, Agba up front and then, uh, you know, in the first first unit and then, you know, maybe Chris Smith comes on in the second unit. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, you know, they just picked up Zettel today from Detroit. We'll see, but that yeah, that how they rotate. That's going to be something to pay attention to. How well Miles Garrett handles uh, Villanueva off the left side because he's been just an absolute force in the preseason. And then how are they generating pressure at the other important positions? So um, other other than paying attention to you know how the corners are going to match up with Smith Schuster and Brown, it's how are they going to generate pressure? 
and uh, just how dominant is Miles Garrett at left, uh, you know, playing again. He's always going to line up on the offense's left. He's going to be the right defensive end. He's going to face Villanueva pretty consistently unless he lines up. They bump him around inside, which they, they do do that on occasion uh, with Miles. They'll put him over a guard or they'll stunt him into a guard uh, protection scheme. So, yeah, that's where I'm at defensively. Just and one other uh, worry that I have was that uh, Greg Williams, as he has done in the past, uh, will line up base defense, or, or at least did in 2017, against 11 personnel. Uh, so I could see, and I've heard rumblings, that they're going to be doing a lot of no huddle over in Pittsburgh. I could easily see them taking advantage of Greg lining three linebackers up against three wide and uh, just running down the field with that or forcing an early timeout. But, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, a great. That's a great point, John. I mean, they could get them in base, um, you know, and then feel good about splitting either Vance McDonald out, put them in the slot, or something along those lines. I think the Browns have enough position flexibility that they should be able to play a four-two-five with the big nickel type, with you know um, Jabril Peppers or or bumping down Kindred and feeling okay playing a big nickel against something that's speeding, uh, you know, that speeds up what they're what they're doing. Um, Sorry, if Pittsburgh speeds up what they're doing on offense. But I also don't know how good Pittsburgh feels about their wide receiver depth. They obviously made the Ryan Switzer trade. James Washington's a rookie. They have Justin Hunter. They have the big two. But I, I don't know. I feel like they're going to be in um, a little bit more with, with, with Vance and Jesse James. They might be in a little bit more tw- uh, 21 or, sorry, 12 personnel with, you know, one back, two tight ends. I, it'll be interesting. I don't know. I haven't watched a ton of Pittsburgh in the preseason, so I'm not totally sure how they're going to align to things. I think that these are just two – teams that are going to feel much diff they're going to feel the same in terms of Pittsburgh but I'm not sure how they're going to attack because they're you're you're trotting out a new offensive coordinator and uh you know I'm not sure how great they feel about their wide receiver depth so that'll be that will certainly be something how often their position groups come out in 11 like you said and and put more wide receivers on the field or how often they they feel like they need to get under center and put a you know an extra tight end or a fullback in the game you know bring in Roosevelt Knicks type of thing so we'll see I'm I'm not entirely sure. That's the tough part of a preview week one is we don't have any tape on what they're really going to be, you know? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a big learning process on both uh, for both teams. I mean, I'm sure that I'm going to watch this game Sunday half a dozen times by the time we record uh, because it's a, it's a big learning experience. You're learning a ton about what uh, the Browns are going to look like for the rest of the season, and it'll be the same on the Pittsburgh side. So yeah, I yeah. get what you mean there. Yeah, for sure. And it's, it's – uh... You know, it's always it's always interesting week one with with new personnel and new coordinators. You know, you you have you ha- as as a coordinator for your what you're trying to do. So if it's Greg Williams, you have to have a bunch of different things prepared because preseason everybody keeps it close to the chest. And no matter what level, you know, it's even harder in college because you don't really get a scrimmage, a true scrimmage to look at the tape. But um, even in high school, you got to have everything prepared because teams could be working on something and then throw a complete different loophole at you in week one. So um, this preview pod is going to be a little, it's going to feel a little incomplete because we don't have any numbers. We don't have any true feeling for what a team wants to do. We're just kind of given some conjecture about this is what we think they might do. So my idea again is they're going to throw it quick. They're going to get the ball into 84, uh, his hands as often as possible against Denzel Ward. If he's going to be matched up over him and then they're going to get Juju involved in screen game, get him the ball in open space and then get their, you know, tight ends and running backs involved in the screen game too. That's kind of where my thought process is about how the Browns have been attacked uh, in the past. Yeah, that seems like a good plan for Pittsburgh for us to uh, to guess on. Uh, let's move over to the Browns side. And how do you feel, what do you think that we might do well based on what you've seen so far in the preseason and going in uh, against this Steelers defense? 
So it's another sort of incomplete answer, and I hate that because I don't. We didn't ever get a great feel for how they're going to play with Tyrod, and that might be an advantage for Cleveland. Um, but I do think they want to run the football. I'm not sure how well it's going to go against the likes of like we talked about earlier, uh, you know, Tuit and Hayward up front. Um, but I, I do think that they can get the ball down the middle of the field on these guys in certain capacities. Um, you know, Hargraves, uh, J- Javon Hargraves, you know, and I would say a pretty average nose tackle, and then you're dealing with John Bostic and Vince Williams inside. I think I would expect them to run a lot of inside zone, and then I would expect them to really challenge, you know, Artie Burns uh, is apparently going to be their, their one of their corners, and Joe Hayden have secured the other position. Challenge them and challenge the safeties with, you know, Najoku up the middle of the field. They're starting Sean Davis from everything I gather online. It looks like they're starting Morgan Burnett. Um, so, I, I don't know. It's it's not it's it. There's talent in their secondary, and there's certainly talent in their interior linebackers. Bud Dupree and T.J. Watt are a little bit more, uh, I think, talented than than what they're playing in the middle of their their linebacking group. Is there a three four? Um, yeah. But uh, you know, I I I just think that they're gonna they should plan to throw the ball downfield. They should try to run interior stuff as much as they can inside zone duo stuff like that. Stay away from outside zone. I think that that's going to be a problem. They're not going to block that well. They can get a little bit of power, a little bit of gap scheme stuff, which is power counter. I wouldn't mind that. But expect some quirks, you know, some power shovel, um, some some different sorts of things that we haven't seen, some play action screen stuff that we haven't seen. They need to get the ball into number 12 hands as often as they can. Try to get, you know, Jarvis Landry involved uh, over the middle of the field because I think that he can have an advantage over the middle of the field, mesh concepts, things like that. And then, you know, get, get Callaway involved if you can, too, out at X. Get him, get him you know, acclimated in his first NFL game. And, you know, you can still trust Rashard Higgins out there, too. So um, I would expect to see a good amount of Carlos Hyde. Um, but I would also expect to see a really good amount and some different sorts of variations of things with Duke Johnson that we haven't seen, too. So um, I know we're going to talk about over-under yardage stuff later. But, yeah, that's, that's where I'm at. I, don't, I would expect them to want to push the ball downfield. Um, I would hope they would take advantage of some, some post, some post dig concepts, um, some different things where they can put a safety in a bind and let their, their wide receiver run downfield, especially, you know, I think, I don't think they have anybody who matches up with Josh Gordon skill wise. So, you know, I, I know he's not starting and he's going to play 70% of the snaps, but, um, you know, we'll, we'll see that that's my hunch. They should really challenge their interior linebackers and they should challenge their corners safeties. Yeah, I uh, I'm in agreement there, and especially you brought up the the inside zone game and and getting on that interior. And I know as you've talked about before, this is one of the things that Carlos Hyde does best. And we have a strength in the interior uh, of our um, of our offensive line to do that. So that matches up pretty well, I think, with uh, what we saw out of Carlos in, on the uh, in the preseason and in his previous. Uh, you know, stints with the 49ers and even going back to college. So I think that works really well for us in our favor. And I'm hoping uh, that we are able to take advantage of those corners. If I had a little bit more confidence in, uh, in Tyrod for the outside game, I'd feel really good. I, I don't, I don't think a whole lot about their corners. And I certainly don't think that they have anybody that's going to be able to handle Josh Gordon. If we can get him that ball, um, I would like to see them taking advantage of uh, Njoku. And I, I I agree that we just haven't seen what this offense is going to look like. When you keep Duke in bubble wrap the entire preseason, which I don't mind whatsoever, 
uh, that's a big piece that I know Todd is going to use. And I think that that's going to be to our advantage. And I think Todd knows a little bit about this team and what their capabilities are. And I feel like I'm going to, if, you know, if we're going to do some, some serious damage, I'm, I'm expecting quite a bit of that to, or at least a few chunk uh, explosive plays out of Duke Johnson and David Njoku in the passing game. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think that you have to use the weapons they have on the perimeter um, to win this game. I don't think they can line up and run the ball 30 times and feel good about making enough, you know, running plays successful that keeps, you know, gives Tyrod Chase in play action. I think they're going to have to throw to win. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a good point by you there that they're going to have to uh, use some of Todd Haley's advantages uh, knowing Pittsburgh personnel, and I think they will. Um, so there's going to be a balanced game. Pittsburgh obviously knows what Todd likes to do as well. So, um, you know, but I think, I think they'll have a pretty good plan. And one more point to that too, uh, because I didn't make it here, even though I made both these points as far as just the, you know, the run, the inside run game and then Najoku and, and, and Duke Johnson, those work hand in hand really well. You know, if they start and they get something going with those inside zones, it's only going to bring those linebackers up. It's only going to make, uh, you know, the middle of the field where you might expect uh, Najoku to be able to exploit a seam or Duke to be able to get a nice free release and uh, a ball right in the middle of the field. Uh, they really seem to work together. And they really, if he plans well, which I expect him to do, I think they can really get a nice back and forth going and, and put the Steelers on their heels, not for necessarily the whole game, uh, but for a drive or two. Yeah, no, I think, I think you're absolutely right. They got to use different variations, um, you know, to find success. And um, no, that, that, that's a great point, John. But I, I guess that, that wraps up at least looking at what these teams might do well. Uh, what do you think a Browns win would look like uh, if we were able to take one from the Steelers? Ooh, that's a good question. I don't think it's going to be a shootout. I certainly could see something along the lines of 20 to 13 or 2017, 24, 21. I don't think it's going to be anything crazy. So uh, um, if I'm going to put a prediction on it, I'm going to say 20 to 14, something along those lines where Cleveland gets a couple long scores and a couple field goals and is able to keep Pittsburgh out of the end zone that third time late in the game and they win. Uh, 2014. Yeah, and I agree. I, I don't think we're winning a shootout here. I think that's the last place the Browns want to be is a shootout uh, with you know Tyrod versus Ben Roethlisberger. So uh, I, I'm in agreement. I think it's going to be a, a low-scoring game. We're probably going to need to win the turnover battle to do it. And uh, I doubt you know we'll see either team in the 30s uh, in a Browns win. But we'll see how that goes. Uh, as far as the uh, the contest, uh, so we're going to get into the contest. I'm going to post all the details that we talked about in the intro show on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, there'll be like a PDF with all the rules and everything. But uh, for the sake of saving time here, I want to do most of that through social media, although Jake and I will make our picks and announce the winner weekly on the show. Uh, but uh, I've got a set of uh, side bets. I got the sides, I got the totals and I I've made some prop bets, uh, involving the players and Jake and I will start with the maximum that you can start with, which is 1750. And we'll make a few bets here. Um, on what we think might be, um, might be what we see on Sunday. So I'll give you the honors, Jake, you want to go ahead and make a better too? Yeah, so um, you know, I, I think that there's there's a good number of these that are uh, pretty safe in my opinion. So I will. How many am I allowed to make, John? Three. 
you can make as many as you want, but you got to bet at least a hundred, and you can't bet more than five hundred points. Okay, so I'm going to put five hundred on Connor going under a hundred total yards. Oh, hold on, Jake. That's five hundred total for the week. My bad. A hundred then, right? Yep. Okay, good. So that will help people understand. So a hundred for Connor being hundred or under a hundred yards, and then a hundred on. Um, Josh Gordon over 75. And then I'm going to go 100 on the total being under 45 and a half. Gotcha. Okay. And then um, uh, I'm going to go 100 on Big Ben under 300 yards passing. Okay. And then lastly, I'm going to go Duke Johnson under 75 total yards. All right. Yeah, that's pretty interesting. All right. So uh, a lot of those things point to uh, a decent day for the Browns uh, if, if those came to pass across the board. Uh, looking at these, uh, I'm a little uh, I'm a little less I'm a little gun shy for week one. So I probably won't go quite as many, uh, but I think I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to take uh, Connor for under 100 total yards uh, for 100. I'm going to go with uh, David Najoku over 50 yards receiving. I think that's a little bit of a limb, but I'm going to do it because I'd like to see it. And uh, I think I'm going to do 100. Unfortunately, I'm going to take the Steelers minus 3.5. This line has moved from six and a half to start the week all the way down to three and a half. Uh, I think a lot of it is based on hard knocks and a lot of that is based on, um, uh, Le'Veon being out, which I actually think is a little bit of a null factor. Uh, so I think that's a, a little bit of weak movement. And so I'm going to take advantage and grab the Steelers minus 3.5 there. So uh, that wraps that up. We'll see uh, uh, whether how many people get in on it this week. The winner will get some swag sense of their house. I'm wearing the hat right now. We get the shirts in next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. Uh, but I guess that closes us up. Um, you can find me, John Colosimo, on Twitter at J-C-O-Z-M-O. Uh, and we have the uh, Browns Breakdown Film Podcast Twitter handle, if you haven't followed that. Uh, Jake, you want to tell them uh, the numerous places they can find you? Yeah, so uh, just Twitter, simple stuff, at Jake underscore Burns 18. Um, that's me. Then the Browns Film Breakdown is at Browns Film BDN. Also on Twitter, and then you can find our, our stuff at, at Browns Film Pod um, uh, for, the, for the podcast. So um, anytime you guys have any questions, requests about where to put podcasts, anything like that, hit us up on Twitter. If you'd rather do it via email, let us know. It's just brownsfilmbdn at gmail.com. Um, always, always you know, interested in answering any questions you guys have, any other angles you want us to take, anything like that that's interesting to you or any place you would like to hear the pod. So let us know. Keep us interested and, um, you know, pretty easy on my end. Go Browns. Absolutely. We're here to interact, too. So hit us up. Go Browns. And, Jake, uh, I'll see you Sunday night, and we'll see the listeners Monday. Let's go. Sounds good, buddy.
Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.